Good morning, church. Uh, my name's Scott. I'm the pastor here at Bethany North for the last 10 years. It's been my privilege to, to serve, and uh, this is certainly an interesting time in the life of our church. Um, but even though we can't be together, it is a great joy to be preparing this message and sharing with it. I hope it's an encouragement to you today. It's kind of this part two of Saul's conversion. We don't actually get his new name of Paul until Acts 13. Uh, but today we're going to learn what happens after Paul is transformed. We'll call him Paul. Uh, and uh, how the simple gospel changes everything for him. Our message today is called Simple Gospel. Uh, would you bow your heads and pray with me? Lord God, thank you so much for this morning, for the chance to worship you um, wherever we're at watching this. God, we just pray that you would grow in our lives. We pray that you'd give us a witness and a testimony about your power in our lives. Uh, thank you for the story of Acts, and we pray, God, you'd take this old story and make it new again in the living of our lives. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Yeah, in the mid-1800s, uh, one of my favorite philosophers, Soren Kierkegaard, wrote a, a short story, a parable about two robbers. And, and in the parable, two robbers broke into a jewelry store at night, but they didn't take anything. Now, what the robbers did was they switched all the price tags around. The robbers snuck around the jewelry store and took uh, the, the, the costume jewelry that had no value, and they put the most expensive price tags on that jewelry. They took the, the cheapest uh, price tags that was on the costume jewelry, and they put it on, uh, on jewelry that was worth thousands and thousands of dollars. The next day when business opened, the most miraculous thing happened. As days stretched into weeks, um, the worthless things were selling for thousands of dollars. The valuable things that were worth thousands and thousands of dollars were selling for mere pennies. Kierkegaard's point was that uh, people around him could not tell what was valuable. Kierkegaard would say, the people of my day have no ability to tell the truly valuable from the virtually worthless, all from this parable of the robbers. And so as we get into today's text, just this kind of subtext question for us, what makes our lives of faith valuable? What valuable things have been worthless to us in the midst of the pandemic? Uh, what worthless things are now, now valuable? They call this time right now in the COVID-19 the great realignment. And for many of us, we're kind of waking up to the things that we may have taken for granted. As Christ followers, uh, today we're going to be looking at Acts 9 and how Paul, after he gets saved, he has this new mission, the simple gospel. And our big idea is simply this, that the simple gospel, it, Christ as Messiah, it'll change how we believe, and it changes how we wait, and it changes how we live, the simple gospel. Let's look here at the beginning here. I hope you have your Bibles open at home. Uh, in Acts 9, verse 20 and 21 and 22, um, the simple gospel changes what we believe. The, the simple gospel, Saul gets saved. Saul, we're going to call him Saul, Paul. We'll go back and forth. That um, The scales fall from his eyes as Ananias lays hands. And Raul and I talked about that last week. Saul, Saul spent several days with his disciples in Damascus. At once he began to pray preach in the synagogues. What is he preaching? That Jesus is the Son of God. And all those that heard were astonished and said, isn't he the man who, who wreaked havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? And hasn't he come here uh, to put, uh, to make prisoners of the chief priests? And yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. 
That at once he's preaching that Jesus is the Son of God. And then he's preaching that Jesus is the Messiah. It's pretty remarkable. In verse 5, remember of last week's message, Paul is stricken on the road. And what does he say? Who are you? And now, after his transformation, he says, he is the Messiah. It got super simple for Saul. He's saying, Jesus is the Son of God. And that, for all of us uh, as Christians, that is the gospel message. Our message, our central point of why we exist is to declare who Christ is. That's, that's our number one witness in the world. And so if you are in a family where you are, you're you know, being charged to disciple the people that live in your house, this should be like a literal discussion point in the week ahead. What is the gospel? Who do we say that Jesus is? Because the simple gospel will change, first and foremost, what we believe. That we're not religious trying to follow rules. No, we have meaning because we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And being the Son of God, he was part of God himself. One essence, it's the Trinity. Not different gods, and I know that gets pretty confused for us. But this is the gospel message. That Jesus, God's Son, has given us his life through grace in faith. 1 John 5, 12, whoever has the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not have the Son does not possess eternal life. And so Saul, again, he'll be called Paul by chapter 13. He's saved, and the simple gospel is the only thing he's trying to communicate. I want to be really, really clear. Our biggest distinctive in the world is who Jesus is. It's not our pastor. It's not our, our belief on certain social stances. It's not what our church does on Tuesday morning. We feed homeless people. All those things are fine. But the number one reason we exist is because Jesus is the Son of God. Because Jesus is the Messiah. It changes everything for us. And we live into it imperfectly. So we have a ton of grace for everyone in our church because I'm like, oh man, if you're like me, I'm failing all the time. But praise be to Jesus that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Son of God. And that's the distinctive that makes us Christians. That's what we believe. The simple gospel is just a sheer declaration that Jesus is the Son of God. And that for Saul, he's going around. He's been saved and he doesn't have a big fancy message. He just keeps saying the same thing. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Messiah. There was a church here in uh, our town and I would drive by it and I didn't pay too close attention, but I'm like, I, like they would have their service times on the reader board. Service at 9.30. And then, you know, a couple months would go by and I'm like, service time is at 10 a.m., a couple months would go by, service time is at 9 a.m. And I was confused by this. I'm like, am I just imagining it? Or are they changing their morning service time, one service, you know, every couple of months? Well, I got to know these people about a year and a half ago and come to find out they were changing their service time every couple of months because there was so much conflict in the church about what time they should worship. So every couple of months, they would put on the reader board, and the people that were most closely identified with that service time would be like, oh, good, it's the 10 a.m. time. We can come to church. That's their witness. And I'm not trying to bust their chops, but I would tell you when I met with them, they said something like, it's been a really long time since a visitor stopped by. I'm not setting our church above their church. No, we've got all our own foibles and things too, but... Man, what's on the reader board of your life? 
What's on the readerboard of my life? Is it about like the service times or the religious things or, you know, things I care about that the church should be doing more of? Like all those things are fine. But what we believe, the simple gospel, Jesus is the son of God. And because of that, because I've been adopted into this family of faith that the spirit of God lives in me, it changes what I believe and it changes how I behave. And it does it imperfectly because I fail all the time. But this is... This is the simple gospel, and I hope to heck in the midst of the coming months in the pandemic that our core identity at Bethany North is about who Jesus is. It's, it's the only thing that matters. We don't want to be the YMCA. We don't want to be a social organization. Like We have a big impact into our community only because Jesus is the Son of God. So the simple gospel changes what we believe, and then secondly, the simple gospel the simple gospel in this text, especially, it helps us wait well. Like waiting and discipleship seem to be really hinged in this text. And this was the thing, this part too about waiting. Now that's a theme that we've hit on at different times, but how it comes out in the life of Saul slash Paul, mind numbing. I never knew this stuff till I studied it this week. That's what's so amazing about the Bible. When you dig into it, it reveals itself's truth over and over again, deeper and deeper, like an artichoke guarding like the deeper you dig, that artichoke heart is right there in the middle. So the simple gospel, gospel, I'm going to get these words out. It's great. Simple gospel helps us wait well. In verse 23, like you got to study this in your Bible. Please open your Bibles, dig into this. It's pretty incredible. Saul is in Damascus. And then it says this thing in, in verse 23, after many days. You might just read that be like, is that three? Is it five? Is it seven? No, it's almost a thousand, a thousand days. Paul will say in Galatians that during his time in Damascus, he went into Arabia. He went into the desert for about three years. Like kind of incredible. Like he's saved. He's, um, you know, Ananias has laid his hands on him. He's got a gospel message, message about who Jesus is. Jesus is the son of God. And then he goes into the desert. And then again, because the simple gospel helps us wait well, it was really striking me this week that, that later on, um, verse 30, they sent him to Tarsus. They sent him to Tarsus at the end of the passage. They send Saul home. Saul is converted the Damascus road. Like I knew that story, but I didn't know this other stuff that he went into the desert for about three years. And then at the end of our passage, they send Saul home because of this conflict in Jerusalem. And what's really, really interesting is that while the great Paul is gone, what does it say there at the end of our passage today? The church flourished. The Holy Spirit was multiplying them throughout Judea and Samaria. And it's really incredible Like Ananias had received this word, Saul is the chosen instrument of the Lord. But guess what? Even chosen instruments aren't the Lord. And sometimes God says, I want you to wait because I've got something for you in the next season, but I need you to wait right now to get prepared for it. Now, this is really interesting. Again, I didn't know this till this week, but he goes into Arabia between after Damascus for about three years. Then he goes to Jerusalem. They want to kill him there. Everyone wants to kill Saul slash Paul. They have to lower him out of a basket, out of the city walls. And he goes to Tarsus. And it says in Galatians 2.1, 14 years later, I went back to Jerusalem. 
I'm getting like goosebumps right now. No, not goose. We don't like the birds. Spirit bumps because there's something about this that God wants to teach us this week in the delay. Lord, let us follow you in the delay. 14 years, Paul goes to Tarsus. He goes home. Two things I'm going to say to you right now in the midst of August. For the seven of you that are watching this live and the hundred that will live stream it later, I've got a word for you and I'm so glad you're here today. Number one, go into the desert. Paul, word of God on his life, preaching. Everyone's like, it's this guy. He's amazing. And then he goes into the desert. Like we have to have silence if we're going to have a witness into the world. We have to soak in the spirit. We have to be with Jesus. The simple gospel isn't some, some package of things we'll do out there. It's about experiencing the intimacy of Jesus in our own lives. And so, church, go into the desert. Like, take an hour. Take, a, take an afternoon. Take an evening. Oh, Scott, I've got young kids at home, or I'm, I'm Zoom meetings all day. Like, I'm not, I, like, find the time in, in the week ahead to go into the desert, to spend some time with, with Jesus, because he wants to spend time with you. Make this time one of growth and passion and increasing your faith. In the pandemic, Scott, in the midst of all the societal issues we have going on, yes, especially now, like go into the desert and be with Jesus. That's what Saul models here. And later in life, Paul would look back at that time of his life as one of the most significant times of his ministry. So make some space to be with God. And then second, like, go into the desert and then, like, learn to go home. Saul is sent back to Tarsus for almost 10 years. And like I mentioned, the church flourished without him. Because this is really, really important. That Jesus wants you to proclaim that he's the son of God. But if it doesn't live in your home, if it doesn't live in your heart, your witness will really fall flat. So Paul is sent home to live into the hardest lessons of the simple gospel. But you have to wait sometimes for God to increase your, your power in the world. And, and Jesus really wants Paul to experience his goodness in the simplicity of his hometown. And so Paul has this massive word spoken on his life, and then he gets sent home. And if I'm anything, or Saul, Paul is anything like me, I'm sure he got frustrated with God's timing, maybe confused with God's timing, maybe uncertain, or maybe no, maybe he just soaked in it and knew that God would draw him back to Jerusalem when the time would be. But this is how it's always been with God's people. Joseph and Sarah and David and Moses, God often calls and then tells us to wait because the calling needs to change our insides before the world's ready to see it on the outside. And so may this summer be a season of you soaking with the Spirit of God, being with Jesus, going into the desert places, making sure you're going into the hometown where the gospel is really living inside of you and and being witnessed by people closest to you. This is the simple gospel. And finally, the simple gospel changes what we believe. It changes how we wait because waiting is such a key part of discipleship. And finally, the simple gospel changes how we live, how we're called to live. 
Look at the end of the passage here in 9, verse 26 through 30. When, when Saul came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, and they're all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. I think I would be scared of him too, because last time Saul was in Jerusalem, he participated in the stoning of Stephen. But Barnabas took him almost by the hand and brought him, brought Paul to the apostles. He told the apostles how Saul on the journey had seen the Lord and the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. Pretty incredible. The simple gospel changes how we're called to live. Because the evidence of your transformation will be your discipleship lifestyle. That's, that's like as we make, make space for the gospel to grow in us and, and we're believing different and we're waiting for more understanding what God is calling us to next and then we're living into it. And Barnabas becomes a model, much like Ananias was last week. Like Saul gets all the credit on the road to Damascus, but like Ananias was so huge there. Here Barnabas is a huge part of the church's uh, of, of Saul getting to witness the church in Jerusalem. He, he's called the son of encouragement. I'll talk about him more in two weeks. He's faithful and he's full of the spirit and he lives the simple gospel. He is the, the Barnabas is like that, that encouragement that we can be when we're friends with Jesus and we're able to, to, to break, uh, break down barriers around us because we see Jesus moving in people's lives before anyone else will see him working. As people filled with the Spirit of God, we should be going after those that might look the most marginalized in order to, to, to show them what it looks like to be living out this simple gospel. And so everyone else was scared of Saul, not Barnabas. He takes Saul by the hand and, and, and introduces him to his friends. And that is such a beautiful picture of the simple gospel. Our faith should be helping us break barriers with, with others that people think would never experience Jesus. Like we should be interacting with those that, the, that, that in the eyes of other religious people might be the furthest out from Christ but if we're living into this simple gospel, it's like, no, because Jesus is my friend, because I've spent time with him in the desert, because I've spent time with him in my hometown, I want everyone to know that I'm a friend of Jesus. And in that way, the simple gospel is dangerous. Like, you'll go through hard things. It's, it's not enough just to believe differently. We're called to actually live differently. And I heard somebody say it recently, and I really loved it. Maybe the pandemic is allowing us to turn the whole city into our church. Maybe that's what this looks like, that instead of coming to buildings, we're just living life on faith. One of the simple gospel, where we're believing that Jesus is the Son of God. We're waiting for what God is going to give us next, but in the moment, we're living on the ground right under our feet. And third, we're trying to live differently and encourage people and break down barriers and loving people well because Jesus has loved us well. I don't want to be safe. I want to be bold for the sake of Christ. That's the end of the passage. Paul is like lowered down from city walls in Jerusalem because people wanted to kill him. And in those days, the city walls were wide enough to ride a chariot around and there was houses and guard towers on the city walls. And so you can just picture this house on the city wall of Jerusalem and they're lowering Saul down because everyone is so upset about what he's saying because of the gospel. And later in his life in Corinthians, Paul will say, I will boast of nothing, but there is one thing. 
And he goes back to this time of the simple gospel about being lowered down uh, outside the city. He was proud of the fact that in those early days of his ministry, he had one thing to say. Jesus is the son of God. I want to encourage us here in the weeks ahead. It's okay to live simply. To just to live simply. To live slowly to try to be with Jesus, to take moments to encounter him. I was reading this week, and uh, Billy, uh, Billy Graham, the great evangelist, um, someone did a, a piece with him in Christianity Today in 2011 before he passed. And they said, you know, if, if there was anything that you could go back and do differently, what would you do differently? You know, kind of that, that classic piece to people like looking back in their lives or their ministry. And Billy Graham in 2011, he said this to the question, if you could, would you go back and do anything differently? He said, I'd spend more time at home with my family. I'd studied more and I would preach less. I wouldn't have taken so many speaking engagements. And then he says this, whenever I counsel someone who feels called to be an evangelist, I always urge them to guard their time and not feel like they have to do everything. Guard your time, church. Don't feel like you have to do everything. The valuable things of the world, we've learned in the pandemic, they're actually quite worthless. The worthless things in the eyes of the world in the simple gospel are actually now the most important. So we'll go into coffee houses in a moment, but what valuable thing has been worthless to you but you're coming back to seen as the most valuable? Where have you been safe that the Spirit's asking you to be bold? Where have you been rushed where the Spirit may be asking you to wait? Simple gospel, believing differently, waiting differently, living differently because Jesus is the Son of God. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this moment and for our church and the difficulty of this season, but also the beauty of the, of the simplicity and the way in which the, the, the busyness of the past is kind of ground to a halt and we kind of sit in this space before so much of what the fall will be uncertain. And we're in this simple time. Lord Jesus, we just pray that you would crash through uh, this season to encounter us in new ways. We want to experience the simple gospel. God, we want to, we want to believe in you differently. And will you teach us to wait well? And will you teach us to live in such a way where we're different because you are the son of God. May that be our witness as a church by your grace. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.